What up, son? It's the tale of the tapes. The fuck life. Saying. And we're back. Tale of the tapes, season two, episode twenty-five. So, obviously, welcome back to the show. I hope that everybody enjoyed their summer because it is now officially my favorite season of the year. And before I get into either of these guys at all that we're covering here today, I I just want to say that every time there's a break in the podcast, I go back over every single person I've covered so far and make sure that they're up to date and any albums or songs that may have come out after we covered them here were listened to, scored, and factored in. Now... There were a lot of changes to a lot of people. Nothing that was really of any major importance. Like no one took over a top five spot. Nobody moved up or down like 50 slots or anything like that. But we definitely had at least about 20 people jump around a couple of slots. So, you know, one guy up three slots, one guy down five slots, just shit like that. So little things, but nothing too major. I'm not going to bring them up here right now. I'm not going to get into all of that right now. But on the last episode of the 90s, which will probably be about a year from now. So next fall, fall of 2022, we will definitely run off a total list of everybody that we've covered so far and the list of everybody that we covered in the 90s season. So we'll get all that done before we dive into the new millennium so you will get a chance to hear the updated list and where everyone is at currently then for now we'll stick to our list that we've been doing but i do have a new list that i'm going to implement in our second session of season two which obviously starts today so you'll have to wait till the end to see what that is but there is a new list coming to you today so with that out of the way today we are covering buckshot and shack So that's Buckshot of Black Moon and maybe the more popular bootcamp click. And yes, that's Shaquille O'Neal, NBA star. As far as my personal experience and opinions with these two guys, I honestly don't really have too much at all. Um, I've heard of Buckshot, but I couldn't have picked him out of a group or out of a song with a bunch of people in it or anything like that. And I didn't have any like his albums or the group albums or anything like that. So I did know of him, but wasn't very informed on him. And Shaq, I did know that he rapped, which kind of sounds ridiculous to say he's in the study, but a lot of people that know who Shaq is might not necessarily know that he rapped, and even more so people that do know that he rapped might not really know how actually serious he was with music. So I was shocked to find out just how much material Shaq had and just how serious he actually was with this stuff. So... With that being said, let's get on to our first artist that we're going to cover here today, which is Buckshot. And just to clarify, we are still in 1993 here. So we left off with Fat Joe and 8-Ball and MJG, which was our last episode of Session 1 of Season 2. We're now in Session 2 of Season 2, and we're picking up right where we left off. So Buckshot and Shaq both had their their debut albums out in 1993. Buckshot's was out first, so we'll get into him first. His birth name is Kenyatta Blake also known as Hanif Alwin Al-Sadiq, Buckshot Shorty, and the BDI Thug. Born November 19, 1974 in Brooklyn, New York City, New York, United States, genres are listed as hip-hop, and his years active are listed as 1992 to present. 
a little bit of a background here on Buckshot. Kenyatta Blake, born November 19, 1974 in Brooklyn, New York, professionally known by his stage name Buckshot, is an American New York-based rapper best known as a frontman of hip-hop groups Black Moon and Boot Camp Click. He is also a founder of Duck Down Music record label with Drew Druha Friedman. So not too much more there other than what we had already kind of said. So let's get into some more detail and read what I wrote about him. I found it kind of odd that I had heard of Buckshot, but never his group Black Moon, especially considering how much I personally enjoyed both him and Black Moon's work. He started out strong and never really turned back, getting better lyrically as he went on with plenty of dope and original lines, eventually finishing above average. Buckshot qualified 10 albums in total, four with Black Moon, three with producer Ninth Wonder, one with New Zealand producer P Money, one solo, and one collaboration album with KRS-One. Nine of those 10 were good albums with the other one being average. Of his 129 qualifying songs, he did have two great ones, 20 good ones, and only one weak track. He certainly wasn't the biggest or self-admittedly the most successful hip-hop artist, but he did have a bit more of a name to hardcore hip-hop fans and had an impact on artists such as DMX, Jay-Z, and a couple of others. Buckshot was pretty original for the most part from his views and opinions to the lines and unique song topics he had. So getting into the math of what I wrote down there, lyrics he gets a six like we spoke about. He started off good and he continued to climb a little bit. There was really no skyrocket or no peak. There was no up and down. Uh, he was mostly a six for the most part the entire time other than starting at a five just from you know me not knowing who he was obviously. Albums, he gets a 3.89 with zero classics. Songs, he gets a plus 0.08, which is obviously a very small number. It's not often that we see giant numbers in this category. So a plus 0.08, which came from him having two great songs out of 129 qualifying songs and only one weak track. Impact, he gets a four and a half. Like we spoke about, there really wasn't too, too much there. I mean, you know, he had 10 albums and he was in two relatively known groups. I don't want to say they were huge or commercially successful. Definitely more known by your, your real hip-hop heads and your underground hip-hop scene and stuff like that. But, you know, it's not as it, not as if his impact was non-existent. You know, like we said, only a couple of names, DMX, Jay-Z, there were maybe a couple of others that were kind of iffy or borderline. So he got just below average there with a four and a half. Originality, he gets a seven. Like we spoke about, he was kind of your typical New York rapper in a way with like the way that he dressed and, you know, his sound and a lot of the things that he talked about and stuff like that for the most part. But he was also a pretty original dude. He had his own views and opinions, which he definitely stressed, which he definitely stressed on songs. And he had some unique song topics and kind of the types of lines that he would say and things like that. So nothing too crazy, not an overly original, or overly unique artist, but Certainly above average, he gets a seven in that department. And then you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five and you get a final rating of 4.29, which puts Buckshot in 88th place of 170 artists done overall. So even though Buckshot was above average lyrically, he finishes just about directly in the middle overall, which isn't great, but it's not bad either. So We'll have to keep an eye on that and see how that holds up. Does he stay in the middle of the pack as we go forward? Do a lot of people finish behind him and he kind of moves up? 
Do a lot of people that we have left finish in front of him and he kind of moves down? I don't really know. I can't speak on that yet, but we'll keep an eye on it going forward. Now, getting into Shaq, who also had his debut album in 1993. Birth name, Shaquille Rashawn O'Neal. Born March 6, 1972 in Newark, New Jersey. Also known as Shaq, Shaq Diesel, Shaq Fu, Shaq This, Superman, Shaq Daddy, and others. His genres are listed as hip-hop and EDM, and his years active are listed as 1993 to present. As far as his years active, he hasn't had a hip-hop album out since 1998, but he does DJ and still do things like that, so we'll get a little bit more. We're not going to touch too much on that because it really has nothing to do with hip-hop, but we'll get a little bit more into that and why his status is still listed as present because he still is actively involved in the music scene. So a little bit of a background here on Shaq. Shaquille Rashawn O'Neal, born March 6, 1972, known commonly as Shaq, is an American former professional basketball player who is a sports analyst on the television program Inside the NBA. O'Neal is regarded as one of the greatest basketball players and centers of all time. He was a 7 foot 1 and 325 pound center who played for six teams over his 19 year career in the National Basketball Association and is a four time NBA champion. In addition to his basketball career, O'Neal has released four rap albums with his first, Shaq Diesel, going platinum. O'Neal is also an electronic music producer and touring DJ known as Diesel. So, obviously most people in general know who Shaquille O'Neal is. Some of the people, however, are not aware that he does music as well. And to take it even further, some of the people who are aware never seem to take him very seriously as a musician. And as I just stated, Shaq does have a platinum album, so... Let's dive into what I wrote on Shaq and see if this impression is warranted or not. A lot of people seem to be taken back by the fact that I even considered Shaq an actual rapper and qualified him in this study. Although he wasn't as good at rapping as he was at basketball, it was definitely something he did seriously and with consistency that shouldn't be overlooked. Shaq Diesel certainly had his fair share of dope lines and even verses, but it was definitely outweighed by weaker lines that either just weren't good or didn't make much sense and some lackluster verses. For the most part, Shaq Fu was on the mic just to have fun and deliver his personality with silly type raps over tracks that you could just vibe out and jam to, but his albums did get better over time and he did start having a little more substance in songs. Overall, however, he was well under average lyrically. Shaq qualified four hip-hop albums. Three of those four albums were average, while the other one was good. Of his 53 songs, none were great, while four were weak and three were good. While most know Shaq this as a basketball player and not a rapper, his impact on the game certainly wasn't huge, but he was well respected by a lot of other hip-hop artists and did have influences on rappers such as LL Cool J, Smiles and Southstar, Tupac, DMX, and Big Pun. Shaq was pretty original for the most part, from his lines and delivery to some song topics and messages in his music that he, for the most part, stayed true to. The way he was able to integrate basketball references into his music so often was certainly original and artistic. So getting into the math of what I just wrote down for Shaq. Lyrics, he gets a three and a half. There's really no way around that. Shaq definitely had his fair share of weak lines and, you know, just some really simple, basic things. And he had some bad verses and stuff like that. Now, that's not to say that he didn't have some dope lines. He did. Shaq had some dope lines and he was artistic in certain fashions like I just spoke about. But when it came to technicalities and lyrical skill, 
The good things that he did were pretty heavily outweighed by the bad things that he did. Albums, he gets a 3.05 with zero classics. So both of those scores significantly lower than Buckshot scores. Songs, he gets a minus 0.75, which it's not huge, but it's pretty big. It's way bigger than a 0.08, and that was a plus 0.08 for Buckshot. Now we have a minus 0.75 for Shaq. So again, you're looking at like almost a whole point difference there in the song category. Now, Shaq doesn't lose a full point, but he loses almost a full point, which kind of sounds a bit harsh because Shaq did only have four weak songs, but then again, he only had 53 songs in total. So the percentage winds up being a decent percentage. It's nothing huge, but it's a decent percentage. And again, he's losing points where he could be gaining points. Impact, he gets a four and a half, which is the same as Buckshot and... I know some people are probably going to give me shit for that, but hear me out. There's a little bit of give and take back and forth here with things. On one hand, you have Buckshot, who's clearly pursuing a career as a rapper. That's what he is. That's what he does. He never had any platinum albums, and Shaq did. So that right there, when you talk about success, if you talk about long-term success and a fan base and stuff like that, I'm sure Buckshot has him beat. When you talk about short-term success and, you know, monetary success, Shaq probably has him beat. So a little bit of a trade-off there. I guess it's kind of opinionated as to what you value more. But aside from what your opinion is, they kind of even out there. You know, Shaq being a basketball player and having a platinum album, it's kind of a double-edged sword. It's like, well, he's not really a rapper and he went platinum, but at the same time, he is a famous basketball player, which probably drove a fair amount of people to buy his album, whether he was actually good or not. So it's just a lot of give and take with these two. There was a lot of things that they did good in this department. There was a lot of things that weren't so good in this department. And I thought that they were both just below average and kind of evened out there. Totally, totally different ways in which the both of them came to that same score but nonetheless the same score of just below average with four and a half. Originality, Shaq gets a six and a half, which is again just below Buckshot's originality of a seven, and they were they were very similar in this fashion, so I wouldn't say that one was much more original than the other. Buckshot edged him out a little bit there, but that was mostly due to Shaq's simplistic and basic rhyme style. So Shaq may have integrated, you know, some basketball stuff into his work and his voice was a little bit unique and stuff like that, but you could tell that Shaq was a little bit lacking in the technicality department where he kind of really only knew how to rhyme one way. There wasn't much of, you know, complicated rhyme schemes or different patterns or a lot of syllables rhymed and stuff like that. So Buckshot was able to make up for a little bit of ground there with things like that that he did whereas Shaq's rhyme style in general was pretty unoriginal and basic and then he was able to incorporate other things in there that carried him up to a six and a half. So you add all those five numbers up and you divide by five and you get a final rating of 3.36 which places Shaq in 163rd place of 170 artists done overall. So, obviously not a good finish there for Shaq, and I want to comment on this. Shaq is obviously nowhere near the rapper that he is the basketball player, that's for sure. And although I would even go as far as to say that Shaq was not a good rapper, I do still think that it gets a bit overlooked 
how serious Shaq was about music and probably still is about music considering the fact that he's an electronic music DJ now. So Shaq obviously very into the music scene, whether it's hip hop or being a DJ or, you know, whatever it is. Music seems to be Shaq's second passion. Now, that being said, Shaq does a lot of crazy shit. I've seen Shaq swim with sharks. Um, you know, Shaq has been on Shark Week. Shaq had his, his own TV shows. Shaq has a podcast. Uh, I think Shaq became a sheriff or something like that. So Shaq is one of those guys that dives into a lot of crazy things. But a lot of those other crazy things were usually kind of one-offs. Music was something that he's been with since 1993 and he's still involved with. So you're talking about 28 years there. And he did have a platinum hip-hop album. So that stuff can't really be overlooked. So I'm not trying to big Shaq up as a rapper. He finishes way towards the bottom. He definitely wasn't very good. But I, I just think that he just gets totally, totally overlooked as a rapper. And really almost doesn't even really get looked at as a rapper. And I do think that that is wrong. I do think that Shaq was definitely a rapper. You can't have a platinum hip-hop album and then just shun somebody off and say, Ah, they're not a fucking rapper. You know, not as good at rapping as he was at basketball. Not even remotely close, but a rapper nonetheless. Now, let's get into our list. So, even though we took our summer break, we are still in season two, the 90s. So, we're going to stick with our top 15% list overall for the rest of the 90s, as I spoke about, and we'll drop that down to a 10% when we get into the new millennium. So, for the most part, this list is going to stay the same today as it was back in June. Not that I really expect anybody to remember exactly how that was. Neither of these guys cracked this list today, but... Somebody that's on this list did move up a slot. So they were behind two people, and now they've moved in front of those two people, which is MF Doom, who has moved up to 26th place in front of Rev Run and LL Cool J. So he was directly behind them in 28th place, and now he's in front of them in 26th place. So with that being said, let's read off our overall 15% of people done so far. In our top spot, we have Black Thought, who's in 8th place of 170 artists done overall. Directly behind him in a three-way tie for ninth is Tupac. A couple of slots back is Pharaoh Manch, who's tied for 12th. Behind him in 15th is KRS-One. A couple of slots back from him is Jizza, who's in 17th. And a couple of slots back in 19th is Slick Rick. A couple of slots back from Slick Rick is Rakim, who's in 21st. Directly behind him in 22nd is Redman. Directly behind Redman is Common, who's in 23rd. Then in 26th, we have MF Doom. Directly behind MF Doom is Rev Run of Run DMC, who's in 27th place. And directly behind him in 28th is LL Cool J. Couple of slots back from LL Cool J, we have a tie between Sticky Fingers and Crazy Bone, who are both tied for 30th place. Couple of slots back in 32nd is Will Smith. And directly behind Will Smith is Lazy Bone, who's in 33rd place of 170 artists done overall. So, it's kind of a good thing in a sense that there were no changes here today, because I'm sure most people don't remember every name in the exact order off the top of their head. So, this way we get to hear the list read off kind of as we left it, and then be able to notice the changes from here on out. Now, I do want to note that even though these are the same names as there was... Their overall spots on them have changed at least one spot for everybody. So for example, what I mean by this is that when we finished this off and I read this list to you in June, Black Thought was in 7th place. 
and he's now in eighth place and so on. So obviously everybody behind him moved down at least one spot, possibly two or three, depending on what people I may have finished since June that may have finished in front of any one of these guys. So everybody has moved down a little bit, but still in their respective spots for what we have done so far. So shout out to everybody that's hanging on to a spot in our top 15% overall. And now we'll get on to our current top 10% lyrically, and there are no changes in this list today either. In our top spot lyrically, we have Pharrell Monch and Black Thought, both tied with a lyrical score of 8.5. Behind them, we have a three-way tie between Master Ace, Jizza, and Common, who all got lyrical scores of 7.5. Behind them, we have another tie for 6th place with KRS-One and Lord Finesse, both receiving lyrical scores of 7. And then behind them, we have an 8-way tie for 8th place, between Will Smith, Rakim, Cool G Rap, Everlast, Tupac, Redman, Sticky Fingers, and Lazy Bone, who all got lyrical scores of six and a half. Just to say this one more time, since we've been on a break, all those people at a six and a halfs are not necessarily equal lyrically. There are some guys in that in that list of six and a halfs that are definitely substantially better than some of the other guys in that list. Will Smith would probably be towards the bottom of that list. And people like maybe Sticky Fingers or um, maybe Cool G Rap, people like that are probably more near the upper end of that six and a half list. But they're all named in chronological order. So whoever was the first to reach that six and a half, he's first. The next guy to reach it is next and so on and so forth. So the first person to hit six and a half out of that list was Will Smith. And the last person to hit six and a half out of that list was Lazy Bone. So... Again, same thing, I'm sure most people don't remember exactly how this list read off three months ago, but that's exactly how it was, so we'll have to see if there are any changes or additions to the lyrical list next week. Now, let's get into our particular decades list, starting with our top five rappers to make their debut in the 1980s. So your top five rappers to make their debut in the 1980s are as follows. Number one, KRS-One. Number two, Slick Rick. Number three, Rakim. Number four, Rev Run of Run DMC, and number five, LL Cool J. It's been a common theme that this list hasn't changed for a long time and will probably stay the same for a long time to come, if not for the remainder of the study. So get used to that one. Those are your legends. Those are your, you know, your forefathers that paved the way. And uh, they deserve to be mentioned each week as kings of their respective decades for sure. Now on to our top five artists to make their debut in the 90s so far. And there are no changes to this list either today. In our number one spot, we have Black Thought. Number two, Tupac. Number three, Pharaoh Monch. Number four, Jizza. And number five, Redman. So, no changes to any of our previous lists today, which as I stated for reasons above, may turn out to be a good thing. One change that we do have today is the addition of a new list entirely here today. From here on out, we will be naming the top three artists from each region of the United States. East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, and Down South. So, for our first edition of this list, let's start off with our top three MCs overall from the East Coast so far. Your top East Coast rapper thus far is Black Thought, hailing from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Behind him, we have Pharaoh Monch from Queens, New York. And then in our third spot, we have KRS-One from the Bronx, New York. Your top three rappers thus far from the West Coast. 
Your top West Coast rapper thus far is Tupac from California. In second place, we have Ice Cube, who's also from California. And in third place, Everlast, who is also from California. So, all three of our top West Coast rappers, all three from California thus far, which really shouldn't come as a major surprise, but has to be stated nonetheless. Now, let's move to the Dirty South. Your top three artists to come out of the South so far. In our top spot, Scarface from Texas. Number two, Bun B, also from Texas. And number three, Willie D, also from Texas. So, again, we have all three guys from the same region, which I think that's probably maybe a little bit more surprising than all three people being from California on the West Coast. Um, we do have two of the Ghetto Boys in there with Scarface and Willie D. And then we have Bun B, who's obviously of UGK, but all three guys from Texas and... Keep in mind that even though all three West Coast guys were from Cali and all three down South guys were from Texas, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to stay like that. We're definitely going to have a lot more people that are going to be coming out, you know, from the West Coast and down South as we move forward and stuff like that. So that may or may not change. It'll be interesting to see if it does. It would definitely be pretty crazy if the top guys from each region are all from the same state. That would be pretty nuts. So be interesting to see how that holds up as time goes on. And now moving on to our Midwest section. Our top three rappers to come out of the Midwest so far are Common, who's from Chicago, Illinois. Number two, Crazy Bone from Columbus, Ohio. And number three, Lazy Bone, also from Columbus, Ohio. So we don't have all the same location there for our Midwest guys, but we do have two Bone Thugs and Harmony members in our top three guys to come out of the Midwest so far. So obviously major shout out to all those guys. This is super interesting to me. I've been waiting on this list for a long time. It took me a while to compile it, but it felt good reading it back. I think it's very interesting to see this, and I think it's going to be very interesting going forward, seeing you know what changes and who winds up being the top guys from each region overall after we're done with all of this. So Please keep in mind that these are only the top people of each region that we've covered thus far. And like every other list in this podcast, these are always subject to change. If you'd like to see any of these lists in full, you can give the Facebook website a visit at www.facebook.com slash tale of the tapes podcast. You can also give the host website a visit at www.anchor.fm slash tale of the tapes. Both of those links are spelled completely normally. On the host site, you will see a support button. Definitely appreciate anybody that hits that and sends some money over to your boy forms. Yeah, I could definitely use it lately. I've been having major, major, major problems with my computers and Pro Tools and things like that. I just came out of pocket with $1,800 for a new computer and a new set of Pro Tools, which I'm running off of right now, which is running very smoothly, but was a real, real pain in the ass to get. It took me over a month to get all this shit sorted out. I wound up losing two of my songs off of the album that I'm in the middle of making right now. And, you know, it cost me a hell of a lot more money than I really wanted it to. So anybody that hits that, very, very much appreciated for sure. And uh, that's about it for our first episode back, man. Like I said, I hope you guys had an awesome summer. And we're on to my personal favorite season, the fall. So I'm fucking pumped about that. Next week on Tale of the Tapes, we'll be covering Snoop Dogg and Mac Dre. And I promise you that there are some major things in this episode that you would do not want to miss. So I definitely suggest tuning in next week. Tale of the tapes. Peace. Tale of the tapes. Might as well. Better off.